Welcome back, Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Yay, welcome back to the show. Let's remind everybody who we are, because they seem to forget. I'm Katie. That's Katie. This is Sarah, and our voices are different, even though people think that we're the same. It is different. (laughs) They are different. And today, do we need to talk about anything before we start our topic of the day? Um, well, I checked our email and we still don't have any stories. So <laughs> Guys, <I'll>... come on. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Well, also opinions listener. We were just talking about this, about getting like some music to play in the beginning or like a little jingle, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you guys think yes, then maybe tell us, but also It'd be even better if you were talented and would volunteer to give us the music slash tinkle. Because that would would give you, yeah, we'd give you so much credit and we'd love you. Yeah, otherwise, we're not musically inclined. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but either way, I think we want to do that soon. So, let us know what you think. There's that, and yeah, still send us our stories, and thank you for the people who listen. Yes, thank um, you all so very much. Yeah, and who follow us. I feel like we keep getting, this is sounds so like, I was going to say American, but obviously we are American, but just superficial, like, we're getting so many followers lately, <laughs> but really I've we don't have that many. Have. <laughs> I know, but it still makes my heart so happy that people were like following us every day like at least one or two people jumping in and I'm like yay I'm like yeah that makes my heart happy people actually want to listen to us that's nice because yeah. <laughs> we're like interesting oh my god oh of course so of amazing course. <laughs> um so anyways I did a hair flip but you guys obviously can't see it because <laughs> but um yeah so today our lovely topic is going to be led 97% by Katie because I don't know a lot of the information. But it's on the Book of Mormon. The not Book the of Mormon. Actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> actual Book of Mormon, which the musical is based on. So, yes, have you seen the musical, by the way? I haven't. I really want to, but I haven't. It is hilarious. Yeah? It's so, so good. Um... Yeah, there's a part in it that I actually think I found it online. And later when we get to a part in the story, I want to play for <gasps> everyone. I hope it comes through so we can try. <laughs> but yeah, I watched it, um, I think it was like last year. And it's so funny. Like, it's, it's so funny. And it's actually pretty um, accurate to how Mormons believe. So that makes it even funnier. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. Maybe, you know what? I was thinking about planning a trip to London uh, just for, like, a weekend trip. And I bet I could watch it there, right? Like, I'm I, assuming I don't know. have it Maybe there. It's playing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because that would be really pl- cool. Yeah. You will laugh a lot. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Book of Mormon. Yeah, anyways. The Book um, of Mormon. If... Any of you listen to our Joseph Smith episode, um, you will know that Joseph Smith, did, bitches, <laughs> Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon. Well, he said that he translated it, 
but um, <laughs> that's oh, up right. for interpretation. So it's all about these supposed plates that Joseph Smith found. He said an angel told them where, <laughs> told him where they were, and he translated them by looking at a stone in a hat. And what came out of that was the Book of Mormon. So, shall we okay. tell the Book of Mormon story? What's inside that book that Mormons believe? <laughs> yes. Also, maybe you're you're kind of breaking up a little bit. Okay. So I don't I know. Will... If you wanna... Can you hear me better now? Oh, now that's better. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So. Okay. Yeah. I guess. So we'll also start maybe... at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. But also, before we even start with that. Just so listeners know, like, the Book of Mormon is, like, the foundation of, obviously, Mormonism, like, other than Joseph Smith. And, like, it's so important in this religion that, like, they push, like, you're so pressured as a more, like, a member to read it every single day and sometimes twice a day. Yes. So, like, just so you guys, like, understand the full, like, it's not just, like, the Bible, but Mormons believe that you read the Bible and the Book of Mormon and another book called the Doctrine and Covenants and then the Pearl of Great Price. Mm -hmm. But, like, the Book of Mormon is, like, as a Mormon, you're supposed to read it every day. And I remember I would feel so guilty if I didn't read it every night before going to bed. Yeah. And, like, I, I got into this, like, weird ritual. This is so embarrassing to admit. And even the other day I slipped up and did it. I would, like, read I would read the Book of Mormon every night and then, like, close it and give it a little kiss. Like, oh, that's actually tender if you're doing <laughs> it for a different book. <laughs> yeah, but I did it to my actual book the other day I was reading. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, man. Weird Mormon habit that just came out. It's not even a Mormon habit. It was just a weird thing I did because I was like, the Book of Mormon is true and I must kiss it. Because well, it so makes so much sense because we're told that um, it's it's literally true like they say it's the most true and correct book on earth that's ever been yes. written and you're supposed to cherish it read it every single day and they have like challenges for the youth especially where you're supposed to read the whole book in a year which it's that's quite extensive it's a it's a large book and it's not a leisurely read so. no and oh, like Sarah said, um, they do believe in and reference the Bible, but it's nothing, nothing like the level, like the caliber that they hold the Book of Mormon to. Like, because the Book of Mormon was this revelation later yeah. given. So it's supposed to be, they call it another testament of Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, pretty important note, stuff. <laughs> it's it's super important. Like, and that's why they have it translated into like all these different languages. Because when the missionaries like meet people on the street, they always give them books of Mormon. Like, and it's so funny if you ever go to like a Goodwill store in the states. Like, even when I was home in May, I went to one in Florida, and there were like so many yeah. free yeah. like books of Mormon that like people I guess were given, and they just are like, well, I don't want this. Like, yeah. Here you go. They're everywhere. Because it's, yeah, it's, like, so important. Like, if you read, because that's also, like, the common answer to any problem you go through. So even when I was questioning the church, everyone just kept telling me, like, all the Mormons would say, you just need to read the Book of Mormon and pray about it, and you'll know that this church is true and that you can't leave. 
And I'd be like, but wait, I have like legit questions and concerns. Like, can someone talk to me about that? Is one hundred percent how it works. And yeah. for me too, a lot of my questions actually came from the Book of Mormon. I had questions about um, inaccuracies or contradictions mm-hmm. within the book itself, and they'd be like, "Well, just read it." And I'm like, "I have. That's why I have this question." Oh my god. Yeah. How many times did you read it, do you think? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't I, remember how many times I ha- I did. I don't know. I think, so I would read a chapter a night, every night. And that started when I was, like, uh, 16, probably, when I first started seminary. I guess it was 15, 16. Um so yeah, until twenty twenty eight, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So think about that. That's like I don't know how many times. Probably a lot. Like, You've probably yeah. read it way more than me. I bet I've read it all the way through maybe three times. Yeah. So I bet you've read it more. But that's the thing. I read it, but okay. So I talked to you about this. But even when I was a Mormon, I never saw the Bible or Book of Mormon as fact in my mind I saw them as literature and like parables so just like God's way of like teaching you like to be a good person let's let's like tell you the story and then so like that's how I read it and so when it when it was like the historical parts which listeners will get back to like Katie will explain (laughs) more of this but like there's a lot of like I'm doing air quotes historical stuff of like these different people and like battles and like their history and ancestry and blah 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 when it was stuff like that, I just, like, skipped over because I really was like, oh, whatever, this isn't important. Like, this is boring. And <laughs> You're I already just, a step above, like, intellectually a step above because most Mormons, like, I mean, if you said that out loud, they'd be like, what? Of course it's true. Like, of course it's literal. So. I know, and that's the part I'd always have, I was like, but what? Like, you can't really believe that these, like, like, it's historic. Like, I just, I could never get behind that. I would only, like, focus on the stuff that would be, like, talking about faith or being charitable and like a good person or like loving and the uplifting quotes yeah yeah like I would read those and be like all right cool like I do want to be a better person so like that's cool and that that's what I would highlight but like if it was every like anything that was like historical or like their stories I was like oh that was so boring like and this I can't like I can't even think that this is real like it was such a bizarre thing and it's funny because like so this is what you know was supposedly translated from the supposed plates and so it's like if this is all true and if you can prove that this is true then obviously Joseph Smith was telling the truth but as you will come to see (laughs) that might not be the case so. so now I'm like super excited to learn all this stuff because I don't know it and Katie does and like I once I left the church I never really like looked into this stuff because I was like ah like I already knew it wasn't like real but then like, it's so interesting when you do find out like all the uh, inaccuracies is that a word? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, inaccuracies all right, um, uh, <laughs> that are in uh, English is hard. Let me just tell you, I question the <laughs> words all the time now. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I, you, you realize this stuff, and you're just like, whoa, but I still haven't, like, properly, like, researched or, like, read things about it, so I'm super excited is what Yay! I'm trying to say. Yay! Um, but, yeah, I think you'll know the basic story, like, 
as well as I do, but we can just, should we just tell basically what the story is? I can do a, we can do a really like quick yeah, story of it so it. that people know what is in there and then we can describe things that yeah, make Yeah, do a sense. cliff note version of the Book of Mormon. Yes. Okay. So there's this man named Lehi and his family and they live in Jerusalem around like 600 BC and um what was it so god warned lehi like in a dream that jerusalem would be destroyed because everyone there was wicked and that he was supposed to like take his family and flee to the wilderness um yeah so they do that they travel in the wilderness and then lehi is like Oh, crap. Oh, by the way, Lehi and Nephi are town names in Utah, which is pretty funny to note. <laughs> That's so true. And so many Mormon families that I knew growing up, like, had kids with Mormon names. So, yes, like, Nephi, yes. Ammon. I knew so many fucking Ammons. Like, yeah. uh, what are the other ones? It doesn't matter. Like, Amaron? No, Amar- Amar- Aaron? Or, yeah. And there's lots of Bible names, too, but. Yeah. No, yeah. Anyways, there's like a lot of like Book of Mormon. Oh, Abinadi. I knew a guy named Abinadi. Oh, you did? That's a unique and one. And his last name was Burns, which was also very awkward. <laughs> because that story, you know, Abinadi right. is set on fire. Yeah. So it's uncomfortable. Um, so, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Lehi has his sons named Nephi and Laman and Lemuel. And then there's one named Sam, too, but he doesn't really do anything, so whatever. But (laughs) while they're out in the wilderness or somewhere around there, Lehi is like, oh, crap, I need these records, these, like, scriptures that we left in Jerusalem. And the king, the, the evil king Laban, has them. So, sons, you need to go get them. And the and the sons, Laman and Lemuel, were like, we don't want to. That sounds like a horrible idea because everyone in Jerusalem hates you because you said they were all wicked, so they might kill us. And then Lehi was like, we'll go anyway. And Nephi was like, I am righteous. I'll go. I will but- go and do the things the Lord <laughs> has commanded. For I, I don't remember. That's like a scripture that yes. we have to memorize. I know the Lord. Yeah. Like, we'll provide a way or something. Yeah. And it's a primary song, too, listeners. Yeah, I, I actually listened really to it I earlier go, today. I will do, do the things, things the Lord commands. So creepy we remember that. <laughs> so, That's so creepy that that just came back into my head, like, instantly. I know. Hashtag brainwashing and for how like many years. it's, all about obedience and obeying and obeying and obeying. Oh, yeah. fuck. Anyways, yes, back to that. So, so Levi says, I will go and do. Yeah, because I'm the righteous one, and yeah. I'll go. So, Nephi, well, but Laman and Lemuel go with him anyways, kind of. Like, they go halfway with him, and then apparently they try to, like, kill him or something. I don't really remember the details. Yeah, those motherfuckers always try to kill Nephi in the Book of Mormon. They, like, try to kill him <laughs> how many times? Like, it's like but every loud. other chapter, it's like, oh, Nephi's tied up again. His brothers are yeah. trying to kill him. Nephi's like... annoying. Let's kill him. And then Nephi's <laughs> like, no, I have God on my side. Exactly. So Nephi goes into the town and he gets these plates. But do you want to know how he gets them? God oh, tells him 
to take the sword and cut off Laban's head and take the brass plates from him. <laughs> and, like, what is the reason they give him? Because, like, Nephi's like, oh, I thought we're not supposed to murder. And well, then... he has to do it because God said so. And also, Laban is drunk when this happens. So, you know. Yeah, it's drunk. So, like, you shouldn't be He drinking. was asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And isn't it something like, maybe I'm mixing doctrine, but, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I, I thought it says, like, in the Book of Mormon, too, that it's, like, saying that, like, one, sometimes, like, one oh. life has to suffer or be sacrificed. It's better for, like, it. one life to be lost than for thousands of lives to be lo- in darkness or whatever. Yeah. Because exactly. these plates of brass had scripture and records on them that were supposedly proof of god and divinity and so they were saying that if they didn't get these plates then further generations wouldn't believe in god and so they had to steal these plates from laban so it was worth it to kill him in a really grotesque way (laughs) yeah because i remember like i never understood that script because everyone would explain it and i would read it and be like i still don't really get why like if god is like this omnipotent powerful being then why couldn't he just like knock the king out like put him in a sleep and then they take plate I I just don't understand there's so many scenarios that God could have constructed like he could have had like Laban go out to do something and leave the plates like I don't know there's just so many things that if God was like real in that scenario in this fake scenario (laughs) but it makes no sense at all but mormons just accept it and there's a primary song about it um (laughs) yeah it's kind of troubling right now (laughs) they like had like little like you you memorize these little like dance hand motions Mm -hmm. that go Mm -hmm. and they're pretty offensive one's like an indian feather yeah i don't remember who it's for but it's like clearly not pc and uh yeah it's pretty bad Okay, so Nephi takes plates and goes back to Lehi and the family in the wilderness, and Lehi is very pleased, and then he gets a vision or a dream, and they're supposed to build a ship and go to this promised land, and guess where promised land is? America! America! So they do that, and um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens on the voyage, but I feel like it's just going to take too much time. It's not anything really important to the story, I don't think. I mean, basically what happens during that time is what we talked about before, like a lot of Laman and Lemuel murmuring, which is like a few <laughs> words. They call it murmuring. Like Murmuring. <laughs> Which is like my favorite word to use now. If someone's complaining, I'm like, oh, could you stop murmuring? Murmuring. Oh, no. (laughs) But like to Layman and Lemuel's defense, I would murmur too. Like, I don't want to be on a cold ship, like going across to a place that I don't even know if it exists. And my brother's pretty (laughs) self-righteous. Exactly. (laughs) And my crazy dad is having these dreams that says God's talking to him, but we've never seen God. So... Yeah, and we just witness our brother like murder this king and yeah, take the that. Plate. Too. 
I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. I don't want to be associated with you either. I'm going to throw your ass overboard, which is what they try to do. Yeah. They, like, tied him up on the boat and, like, tried to kill him again then. And then, like, God did some miracle. Oh, it was, like, a storm that was happening. And then they were like, no, Nephi, you, you need to be the one that, like, prays to God and makes it change, right? And then, like, Because the they had the, the Leahona. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It's, like, the this name compass. Of what? Which is the name of a Mormon magazine as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was supposedly this magical little compass that God gave Lehi to tell them where to sail, which, uh, whatever. I totally forgot about that. And so the Liahona stopped working when they mm. were being buttheads to Nephi. <laughs> yeah, when so... they were being wicked and unrighteous <laughs> and murmuring. And so then they couldn't kill him because then... God was like, well, I'm making this storm and I'm making the Liahona stop working. So you better be nice to him. So yeah, and they stopped and eventually they got to America. They got to America and then they meet who was that dude's name? Because they like end up marrying all of his daughters. Like oh, all the sons marry his daughters. I don't remember. <laughs> There's so many really? names. Yeah, they, like, meet this, like, no, it's it's the servant of the king that, like, um, ran off or something like that. And then they were, like, oh, okay, like, because he was, like, oh, I believe what you're saying is true. So, they, like, he comes along and he has all these daughters. And oh, it's, um. Maybe the daughters. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm being a horrible historian right now. Even no, I just actual thought history. <laughs> I totally thought about him because, like, then, like. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter, but, like, they're all married at this point to this, like, convenient, like, all these daughters that just, like, happen to be there, and they get married, and that's, like, also another point. Because, like, like, yeah, another family. Was it, like, the Mulekite family? They also come over from somewhere else near Jerusalem. There's just, like, all this stuff, but... I was like, oh, I'll open my Book of Mormon. Hashtag I don't have that anymore. That was a weird (laughs) moment. I was like, oh, let me just, like, open it on my phone and look it up. But uh, I that's funny. I went somewhere. Phone. I don't know where it is. But um, it doesn't matter. I just remember that happening because, like, I remember them emphasizing that that was the importance of marriage. Is that like that was the first thing that they did before they even like ventured off to fulfill the Lord's commandments? You know, it was like, oh, like Nephi and them got married. And oh, blah, blah, blah. was it with the um? There was like the family that came with them that was supposed to be the. They were the designated brides of the sons. Um, yeah, like that's what I mean. Like he, he was like a servant of King Yeah, yeah, yeah. Himself, I can't remember his name, but I know what you mean now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like he had all these daughters, and they were like, perfect, you shall marry them, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Because, yeah, they're property. But. <laughs> um, just a side note, it's about to have like a crazy thunderstorm in Berlin. So if you hear like random thunder happening, sorry. That's it's cool, though. It's good for the story. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, they make it to hashtag America. When they get to hashtag America, make America great again. Please get Trump away from here. Um, but when they get there, they eventually 
split off into two groups, like societies, basically. So remember, Laman and Lemuel, they're the mean murmuring brothers, the non-believers. Murmur. So they all, they kind of go their own way and they separate from the others, which are called the Nephites because they follow Nephi and they're righteous and they do everything that Nephi and that God says. But the Lamanites, since they were wicked, they were cursed by God with dark skin. <gasps> Fuck, I and forgot I, about that. I hate saying that out loud so uh, much. It's so gross. But that's the racist. Yeah. And yeah. that's a whole big part of this. So, and the whole reason he cursed them and put the mark on them was so that Nephites wouldn't um, marry Lamanites so that they could keep like their righteousness and their purity. Yeah. So they would know. Um, oh, that's so gross. I oh, totally forgot about that. I hate it. I hate even saying it. It's disgusting. And they, and also listeners, they like, so the church never, so before, like I would say the last like 10 years or maybe 15, they never really said like, Oh, it's anything different from like, like they were basically saying like, yeah, it literally means like dark people are cursed. Like that's what happened, blah, blah, blah. But now they're trying to say that that's not literally what it means. It's like, I forgot what they used to explain yeah, it. Yeah, they do a lot of, um, you hear the words a lot. Well, that's not what it meant when it's like, yeah. well, you can't just assign words different meanings when it's convenient for you. And I think exactly. we'll get into that a lot more later too. Like there's a lot of things that they do like that. Mm-hmm. And especially, um, like I said, they weren't saying that before. It was like, yeah, like that's, and that, that also tied in with like, so listeners again, like we'll talk about this in another um, episode because I think it, it deserves completely a separate episode entirely. But like African-Americans in, in the States weren't allowed to have the priesthood until what was the late 80s or something. Um, it was 1978. Yeah. 78. Okay. So 78. Um, but before that they weren't allowed and like the priesthood is like only men can have it to begin with. But then before 1978, only white men mm-hmm. could have the priesthood. Mm-hmm. And then they switched it to like, Oh, everyone can, but like they never explained why it was just kind of like, cause I always ask that question too. Like, but why did they not have it before? And they'd be yeah. like, Oh, like just because, you know, God changes his mind and like, you know, this is now a new revelation. But it was also around the same time that when you read the Book of Mormon, it was like literally understood that like people with dark colored skin were of ancestry of like the cursed mm-hmm. Lamanites and like inherently evil type. Yeah. Like, and there's yeah. a there's so much racist shit that. Yeah. Oh, we, it needs so for sure. Let's do an episode on it because it's. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. It deserves at least an episode if not more because that's something that I find like horrendous and one of the things that I was like oh yeah I can't like that to me just is ugh. anyways but yes. continue <gasps> do you hear the thunder I hear it that's awesome yeah uh I love it we had a big storm here last night too it was I like it oh, I love it okay so to kind <laughs> of keep it concise there's a lot of different um books within the Book of Mormon. Um, they're all written by like different prophets, supposedly mm-hmm. supposed prophets or scribes or whatever. And there's I think there's like fifth 
15 different books and then a bunch of different people writing them. So you get all these different um, prophets and authors from supposedly like 600 BC all the way up until like when Jesus was supposed to have been born. So like, and a bunch of these prophets are saying that they're like prophesying of Christ essentially Mm -hmm. and bringing this idea forward that like there's this this Jesus God that's going to be coming to the earth Um, yeah so yeah then so I guess kind of just jumping forward so then Jesus dies you know and whatever it is like 34 AD and so in the book of Mormon um he after he's resurrected he like comes over in resurrected form to the americas to be with the people of the americas which let me just like reiterate that point again for listeners who aren't paying attention (laughs) pretty intense that like i would explain to people when i was a mormon and they i could see their face being like what the fuck like what outlandish shit is this (laughs) because they would be like okay so how did the Book of Mormon end up in America? And I'd be like, okay, so what happened? What happened was Jesus <laughs> died in Israel, like was like resurrected, but before, or no, sorry. So before he was like, was it before he was resurrected or, yeah, sorry. Sorry, listeners. I'm the worst of this fucking shit. He was resurrected before he ascends to heaven. He like, it floats over to yeah. America. Yeah. I'm like picturing this image of like Jesus like floating over. <laughs> like I'm imagining a South Park character. Me like, too. <laughs> uh, he comes over and he's like, listen, people, this is the truth, blah, blah, blah. He spends like, was like three days or something like healing and like mm-hmm. teaching and like, and there's like this Book of Mormon, like there's a video that they make you watch. And I've probably seen it like, I don't know, 10 plus times. And it makes me cry like a baby every time because he's, like, healing this blind man. And then, like, he can see for the first time. And it's, like, really emotional. <laughs> but anyway, they, like, teach it. It's like Christ does that. And then he leaves. And that's why we have the Book of Mormon because, like, and that why it was, like, established in the States as well because, like, it's the history of America and how, like, Christ came back to the States. And then there was, like, this black ages of, like, no religion or, like, after Christ left in, like, Israel and stuff. Like, all the apostles and the, like, prophets and everything just, like, died there. And then when you have the church, like, the Mormon church comes back and it's, like, the true church because now we have a living prophet again. And, like, the people are ready to be taught the gospel again. But now adding the America story to it also. (laughs) Because America's the greatest, obviously. Exactly. So we couldn't just have it be over there. Like, we were like, nah, nah. We got to have, like, an American story. So that (laughs) is what happened with the Book of Mormon, essentially. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you out. No, no, that was good. With Christ, like, coming to the States. Because I remember being like, yeah, even I think it's weird. But they would also teach you. And I don't even know if this is true or not. I never Googled it because hashtag we weren't allowed to research shit. But I remember them being like, oh, there's even like a study done in South America. Oh, because so everyone. Yeah, that's the other thing. Listeners like this all takes place in South America. Like the yeah, story or like Central of, America. Or supposedly. Central, yeah. 
But there's also parts of it that are supposed to take place in Palmyra, like with the Hill Cumorah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's all over, yeah. This is why Katie does fact checks, because I don't, and I was like, it's in South America, and she's like, Well, but the thing is, no, you're kind of right, like, some, like, Mormon apologists and, like, people who think they know a lot they'll they'll say like well it must just be like a really small part of like maybe south america but none of it lines up but we can get to that later but anyways yeah so um oh right so then they would say like oh there's actually studies been done that like show carvings like ancient carvings of like a of a white man coming to like the people of central and south america and like so it's like historical facts saying that like it aligns with like Christ coming to the people and teaching them, but it's like linked to like his. I'm doing here air quotes like historical <laughs> facts of like a, a mention of a white god coming over. And I never googled it because like I said we weren't allowed. And so I was like, oh my god, that proves it. That yeah. has to be true. Like this, this must be right. But then when you actually think about it, there were a lot of I'm doing air quotes white men who came during that time because it mm-hmm. was like the what's it called con not con, con like conquist- the conquistadors yeah yeah like it was around that same t- i'm totally pulling out shit from my ass i don't really know <laughs> yeah but, there's lots of things that that could be we can exactly. i have a little list we can talk about later yeah yeah so go ahead no please now talk about all the things that are completely false about the book of mormon okay but i just wanted to say first so like okay, yeah. um so yeah, so Jesus is there, right? And then he's like, okay, I pr- I showed myself to you guys and now you believe in me and now I can go to heaven to be with my dad. <laughs> so he oh, leaves. Yeah. And then there was like peace with the Nephites and the Lamanites because before then they hated each other and they were like always fighting. They were, always had like gigantic wars with each other. But after Jesus came, they were peaceful for a couple of years uh, or not a couple, a couple hundred years, but then they got wicked again, because <laughs> you know yeah. that's how it goes. And the Nephites and the Lamanites had this huge, like, gigantic, monumental war, and all of the Nephites were killed. Um, so there, so Mormon is this prophet. So that's where like the Book of Mormon name comes from, and he had all these records of that everyone all the other prophets and all the other books had written um so he gathers them and abridges them and puts them together and then he gives them to his son moroni um before he dies so his son moroni has them and moroni is the last living nephite and he somehow from like central america or wherever they are he somehow jogs his way up to Palmyra, New York, <laughs> and <laughs> he buries these plates. He like writes, he writes some stuff at the end of it about how it's true and how if you want to know it's true, you just have to pray. And there are all these golden plates that he's, you know, kept together, and he buries oh. them in that hill. And as we said, like fifteen hundred years later, <laughs> that's the hill where Joseph Smith finds them. And Moroni is the angel that comes back to life and tells Joseph Smith where they are. So that's how they get oh. to that spot. And Okay, I totally didn't make that connection. Like I didn't even think about that. But yeah, okay. 
So yeah. also, listeners, like what Katie mentioned, like in the Book of Moroni is the last book in the mm-hmm. Book of Mormon. And in there, I, I still remember, it's like Moroni 7, 45 through 46, that says, like, if you read the Book of Mormon and pray with a sincere mm-hmm. heart and a sincere and intent or something like that heart, then the Lord will tell you that it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like what the missionaries will always like. They'll tell like investigators like, oh, read this. And then when you get to the scriptures, like do as it says and like read and like you'll feel the spirit and you'll know that it's true and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're supposed to like, uh, pray and ask God if it's true. And then if you feel nice, it's confirmation that it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have ever like, and it's so, it's such brilliant marketing because before I left, I always thought like, okay, I have this like nice feeling. It has to be that it's true. And because I had never really like took time to recognize that that feeling is separate from anything spiritual or religious or anything. Like it can just be like you just feel good about something and have that. Mm-hmm. But like I had never realized it before. So I would get it all the time. Like when obviously you're doing good for people, which is like a pro of the Mormon church. Like when you're helping someone or you're talking about like being a better person or how to be charitable and blah, blah, blah you're going to get this, like, nice feeling of, like, oh, that's a good human trait. Like, this is nice. But, yeah, but then you mistake it as, like, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit telling you that it's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, like, the end that they always, the the missionaries would be, like, and when you get to that scripture, search, ponder, and pray. And, yeah, and then you'll, you'll know without a doubt that the Book of Mormon is true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's supposed to go on that and not facts. So, oh, and so remember how, so the La- Lamanites killed all the Nephites and the Lamanites lived on. And the Lamanites are the ancestors of the Native Americans. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. They are the Jewish uh, ancestors <laughs> from Jerusalem uh, and they were cursed and now yeah it's freaking horrible I can't even handle it but that's the official uh, that's like doctrine awful. and it's interesting too um so until 2007 in every book of mormon on the um introduction page it said that this was like the, the Book of Mormon was written to and for the Lamanites because they were the principal ancestors of the Native Americans. And uh-huh. in 2007, they changed it to say among the ancestors instead of principal ancestors. And I can get to why in a second. But yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Like, but why? Tell us. Okay. So, yeah. if you're a true believing Mormon and you really, really believe that the Book of Mormon is literal, um, then you believe that those Lamanites, you know, they came from Laman and Lemuel who came from Jerusalem. So that means you believe that Native Americans originated in Jerusalem and are somewhere in the Middle East. And that is literally not true at all. Um, Native Americans originated in Asia, in Northeast Asia, um, and they, they, it's like been shown in so much DNA analysis. Um, there's absolutely zero trace 
of Middle Eastern blood in any Native Americans, like any DNA going super far back. And it's like been established that Native Americans came um, to America across the Bering Strait during the last ice age because they could cross over it before the waters rose again. So um, that's how they came here. But <laughs> according to Mormonism, um, they, either all of them or some of them came from the Middle East, which isn't true. Oh my God, that's so fascinating. I never, I never <laughs> even thought about that. It's like funny it how people don't think about it. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, of course they came like from Jerusalem. And I'm like, but and there's no DNA to prove that at all. Um, wow. Yeah, there's this, I wonder if you can hear this. I'm, oh wait, can you hear that? No. Yeah. I was going to, I bet listeners could hear it, but I don't think you can. So I'm not going to play it because that would be rude. Um, (laughs) So, um, I guess other interesting, like, so inaccuracies and anachronisms, which for, I guess, listeners, if you don't know what an anachronism is, it's something that like belongs to a period of time other than the one in which it exists. So like. For example, like if someone painted a painting of like Aristotle and he had a wristwatch on, the wristwatch would be an anachronism. Oh, wait, sorry, Katie, you're like cutting out quite a bit. Can you hear me now? Um, Can you try again? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, now it's better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. on Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it's it, an anachronism is just something that like, it doesn't fit the time period. So um, it'd be something like if you were watching a movie that was trying to depict the 1950s and you saw like a laptop in the background, you'd be like, oh, that doesn't fit. So there's like tons of those in the Book of Mormon. Um, Really? Yeah. Um, So things like horses and cows and elephants and things like that like a lot of animals that are mentioned weren't around in the era that the book of mormon was supposed to be existing um and they mention them a lot and there's like zero evidence for it um and same with like wheels like chariots and wheels they didn't have those in the americas at that time they didn't have any wheat. They mentioned eating wheat and barley a lot. And yeah. they didn't have that until, like, Columbus came to the Americas. Um, wow. They didn't have any steel or, like, iron. But in the Book of Mormon, they talk about it so much. Like Yeah, the iron rod. Yeah. And there's... That's, like, the biggest, like, symbolism, or one of the biggest ones in the Book of Mormon, or in the Mormon religion, is the iron rod, which, listeners, that's what, it's part of Lehi's dream that Katie mentioned before, and it's, like, symbolic of, like, holding true to the faith, like, you're holding on to the iron rod, and that will get you through temptation, and if you just hold on to it, then you'll make it to heaven, basically. Which has such a sexual undertone. Yeah, it does, like, <laughs> hold that iron on. That's hard. <laughs> 
iron rod. Yeah. Um, tightly. <laughs> tightly hold it. Yeah. <laughs> and like when you think about it too, there there was no steel. There was no way to make steel in the Americas at that time. And there's zero evidence of any steel anywhere. Even like small, there's no even like small chemical mineral traces of any kind of steel. And yet they mention steel swords, armor, like breastplates, um, all kinds of metals and metal working that supposedly took place. Um, but that's just like literally not true because we would have found something, especially with like the millions supposedly of people that were killed in wars and battles. And I, I did think about that when I, I remember when I would read it, I'd be like, why haven't we found like these ruins of like these massive crazy battles of like yeah. so many people dying and so much armory like because it there's also listeners like a like a symbolic put on the armor of god and it goes through like each uh body piece of armory like but it's like you know supposed to be like an now or a metaphor of like you know this represents this and this but anyways i remember reading that being like but if they had all that on then why haven't we found all of this stuff? Like, I would yeah. think there's like, so many remains and stuff. That they there could should be. <laughs> and like yeah. you were saying earlier, with like the um, changing the words meanings, it seems like like Mormons do that a lot. When especially if you ask questions about these things, um, they'll say, "Well, maybe steel wasn't steel. Maybe it was like a really hard rock." <laughs> Or yeah. they'll say, maybe horses were deer. And it's like, well, I mean, if that's the case, then God did a pretty crappy job in helping Joseph Smith translate this. Because like, yeah, that's a simple exactly. thing. And it's supposed to be the most correct book on earth. Like, yeah. there's And there's so many instances of it. And there's another interesting point is that it doesn't discuss or mention actual real life like artifacts of the inhabitants of the Americas at that time you know so it's it it's actually a lot of stuff that was around during when Joseph Smith was alive in like the 1820s mm -hmm. so it's like um yeah doesn't make a lot of sense makes a lot of sense if Joseph Smith is the author though because he knows those things but yeah he exactly. doesn't know that they didn't exist back then because they didn't have the technology to know what existed in the past then. So that's, yeah. Also, sorry to jump in too. There's like, so listeners, this is an, I'm so obnoxious with that. Listeners. <laughs> this is like another point they would always uh, argue growing up. And I, I would believe this point. Like I would be like, oh, that makes sense. Because remember Joseph Smith, when he found these plates, he was 14, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, no, he, he first had the, the vision at 14. So he had, yeah, he, he like had his vision at 14 and then later he had like the visit from Moroni and then he got the plates a few years later. But yeah, he was really yeah. young. And, uh, this is all supposed, by the way, no one else saw the plates, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one else saw them. But point being is that he's supposed to be like roughly 18 to 20 when he's writing this. Right. And then he had no educational background. So they would say like, how can a man this young with like no educational background be able to produce a book like this? Like it must be true that like God must have like 
you know, helped him write this because there's no other way that, like, he could have done it. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty valid point. Like, I mean, I couldn't imagine writing something like this. Like, that's a crazy story that you have to come up with. And, like, oh, yeah, it must be true. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, funny you brought that up because um, he actually – so, like I've told you before, he was known to be a really good storyteller. And, like, as we know from the quote-unquote translation, he didn't actually write <laughs> anything. He just, like, dictated it, and then he had a scribe write it down. But interestingly mm -hmm. enough, so there were like four books that were published like right around the time, like right before he was doing the Book of Mormon translation that are strikingly similar. Like if you look them up online, they have so many similarities. Um, it's bizarre. Um, really? One of them is called, yeah, one of them is called, and they were published like in and around Palmyra, like where he was living. Uh -huh. Um, one of them is called View of the Hebrews, and it's by Reverend Ethan Smith. He wasn't related to Joseph Smith, but yeah. <laughs> and, like, a very weird connection to this is that Oliver Cowdery, who was Joseph Smith's scribe, was a member of Reverend Ethan Smith's congregation before he decided to help Joseph Smith with the Book of Mormon. Oh. So, there's that connection. And also... I, you probably know this, but um, there's tons, well, not tons, but there are a lot of like direct um, quotes from the Bible that are in the Book of Mormon, like direct passages that are copied. And a lot of Mormons say that just proves its validity even more. But what <laughs> they're actually direct quotes from the ninth or from the 1769 edition of the King James Version Bible, which um, was the Bible that Joseph Smith and his family had and would like study. And um. that's another like um, example of an anachronism because if he was if he was translating that from the plates and say it was really ancient and it was something that was on those plates, it wouldn't have like the 1769 edition errors in it, um, which it, it would does be have. Like the, uh, I'm doing air quotes, the original. Yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> so that's oh. another like big shining thing where it's like, if you look at this very historically and like literally, it's like that can't be from that ancient of a time because it the bible quote is from a 1769 version oh my oh, god no. yeah i didn't know any of this stuff it's and nuts. now my mind is like blown <laughs> it is nuts and so also beyond all that there's no archaeological evidence at all like to support the book of mormon or the existence of the Nephites and Lamanites, like, which I've said before, they were supposed to be in the millions at one point. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, that last battle that wiped out all the Nephites, it should have had at least like 200,000 deaths, I think, but no bones or chariots or armor or like roads or anything like buildings have even ever been detected to or found to match what is talked about in the Book of Mormon, um, which you would think, like, it should be significant. There should be a lot 
of evidence, but there's none. Yeah. And we have evidence of like civilizations that were much smaller that were, that existed at that time that like historians and archeologists, archeologists have studied, um, but nothing about any kind of Lamanite, Nephite, uh, civilization so it's but like have people like tried to look like non-mormons like read the book of mormon and thought like oh let me go look and see if we can discover anything like yeah oh, lots of them actually oh, okay. yeah and so there's a few like mormon historians that in the past especially have tried to say that the um like the mayan and uh olmec i think like ruins were related to the Book of Mormon, but it's been proven that that's completely false. Um, and every non-Mormon like archaeologist and historian agrees that there's no proof. And actually, um, back in the day, I don't know when it was, it was probably in like the 70s, that it was like this common thing to say in church that um, the Smithsonian Institution like used the Book of Mormon as science and to help them with like facts and finding artifacts and everything so the smithsonian came out with this statement that said that they i think it said directly like we have never used the book of mormon in any way as a scientific guide it's a religious or fictitious text wait because <laughs> so the smithsonian said that publicly that yeah the they have mormon a public statement because they true. Yeah, because it, like, got back to them that Mormons were saying that, like, the Smithsonian backed them and (gasps) said that the Book of Mormon was true. And so they have this statement that was, and it's actually, like, an eight-part statement. I looked it up online, and it's really cool. They just are just like, no, like, there's nothing. And they even go through and say how there's nothing in the Book of Mormon that could possibly be accurate or possibly, like, no reputable specialist on any of those fields of studies would say that Wait, it's real. When was this released? Like, when was this published? Ooh, I want to say, like, 96. Damn, that's great. I've never even heard of that. That, like, goes to prove again that the church is so good about, like, they're so good. burying and hiding stuff and never letting mm-hmm. you know, because I've never, ever heard of that. Like, Yeah, it's really cool to read. Um, Oh, and another thing that I was going to say, too, is that, so, did you, do you remember how, when Joseph Smith, like, translated the plates, supposedly, he said, when he first got them, they were in what he called reformed Egyptian? Yeah. So, that's, first of all, not even a language. That's not a thing. And, um... Yeah, it's just way funny because, like, there's been, like, drawings of it. I guess he, like, did a little drawing of what it supposedly looked like. And there's, like, an artifact of it. And every Egyptologist or linguistic, like, professional that's looked at it has been, like, yeah, that's nothing. That's, like, doodles. Like, (laughs) that's not real. Like, it's in, like, the introduction page or something. Yeah. Or maybe the Pearl of Great Price. Like, I know there are, like, images that he he drew or whatever and they're like in every book of mormon like because i remember looking at them and being like what yeah and it's interesting too how like the nephites and lamanites they supposedly spoke hebrew because they were from jerusalem 
But then these plates were supposedly written in reformed Egyptian randomly. Um, and then translated to English. So it's very bizarre. But yeah, you also might be thinking about the... In, like, is it the in the Pearl of Great Price with the papyri that just Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, not the Book of Mormon. Yeah, we should do an episode on that, because that one's good, too. Yeah, because I, honest to God, even as a Mormon, I didn't understand the Pearl of Great Price. So, listeners, that's like a, so the Mormons believe in four main, like, I wouldn't say books, but, like, reading sources with the Bible, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenant, and Pearl of Great Price. So, like, when you have scriptures, they're always, like, or not always, but most people get, like, the four-in-one combo, which has, like, all four of these, yeah. uh, like, books or whatever combined into one. And, like, the Pearl of Great Price is the last thing, so it's after the Doctrine and Covenants. And, like, I did not, I, I never understood, like, where it came from, what was the point. Like, I, and to this day, I'm still just, like, I don't really understand it. Because I don't really use the Pearl of Great Price that much. Like, no. yeah. It's and that's probably because it's so, like, bonkers that they don't want yeah. people thinking about it too much. Um, the more we talk about Joseph Smith and this, like, I just I just want to have, like, a t-shirt made of, like, Emma's face that says, bless her heart. Because <laughs> she, like, put up with next level crazy. Like, oh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's so much crazy. And so I just think, with all of those things that we just talked about and there's there's more but i just feel like with those little things all combined it's like it's very obvious that this was a work of fiction and i i know the argument from mormons is that it'd be really difficult for someone who's supposedly not educated to write that but he did have a long time and he had help and he had scribes and yeah, and if he's just telling the story, yeah, he just needs he to remember. Yeah, and there are passages straight from the Bible. Um, it's like quite obvious because to believe that would be such a stretch, um, especially to well, believe something that's never been there's been no evidence of it yeah. ever occurring. So, and if there are other books written that are like basically identical, like all he had to do was grab those books change a few wordings and like bam like you have a book of mormon and and people are like oh well you know there's witnesses that say that's how he really did it (laughs) like well i uh, i don't know i don't believe any of it yeah but it's (laughs) kind of like those pyramid schemes like they're probably like well we get rich from this too we'll like say for sure that this is true and that we witnessed him doing that because they're thinking like They'll make this religion and get money and, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And maybe he yeah. did just remember it all and talk about it in a hat. I don't know. <laughs> but it doesn't make it true either way. Yeah. So, um, I think it'd be yeah. interesting to do an episode on the supposed, like, witnesses of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, because I honestly, I don't know a lot about them. So I know, like, the few, like, isn't Oliver Cowdery, mm-hmm. like, big one? And Martin Harris. Yeah. And... And then the rest of them are mainly people that are in Joseph Smith's family and then, like, the Whitmer family. But Oh, yeah, Whit- uh, what's his name? Something D- David Whitmer, I think. David Whitmer, yeah. But it'd be interesting because there's so much surrounding the Book of Mormon that Mormons, um, they kind of hold on to to say that 
that makes it true but they're really <laughs> they fall apart at like the simplest little argument so yeah yeah but that's the thing is that like because again so listeners just like emphasize this again like you're not allowed to research outside not of at all yeah you're not allowed to at all so even when I would read this stuff or like I would start questioning it I would instantly be like nope that's Satan get out of here and I yeah. just like wouldn't allow myself to really think about it and be like does this make sense it's so sad I that think thinking and like science and research in this way is really discouraged yeah and like so our podcast would be labeled anti-Mormon and probably influenced by Satan so <laughs> yeah you know. a hundred percent apostate all we're doing is just, literature. yeah all we're doing is just talking about the facts so yeah yeah a hundred percent because you're not allowed to and then like I said I would ask these questions like especially towards the end when I was getting ready like I was already like questioning things and like you know quite like on the verge of leaving and I remember being like you know what I really don't because I when I left the church I did not want it to be the case because I was like I've invested 29 fucking years into this really or like 28 and a half mm -hmm. and like I don't want this to be all fake because like I have invested so much of my life into it. So oh. like I really like when I was like asking these questions, I wasn't doing it so I could be like, aha, like you're wrong. And now I'm leaving. It was like, I wanted them to tell me something that made me think like, Oh, you know what? It's still true. It's okay. Like they explained it to me and like, I feel good about it and I can stay in the church. Me too. And so when I was like asking these questions and no one could answer them or they would get upset with me and be like, Oh, why are you even asking me? Like, why are you questioning? Like just all you need to, and every answer I got was you need to pray more and read the book of Mormon. Yeah. And I was like, but these aren't answering these questions that I have. They'd be like, you just need to pray and read the Book of Mormon. Oh, and go to the temple. Yeah. Those three things, and then you'll just know. So I did that. Like, the year before I left, I went to, to the temple so many times. I went to Salt Lake City. I went to Nauvoo. I went to in Germany, like, in Chicago. Like, I was going as often as I could, and I was just like, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't yeah. feel any better than I did before. In fact, I feel worse. Like, I yeah. feel more. Like, this is not true. Um, but, yeah, so that's the thing is that, like, when you ask, like, Mormons about the Book of Mormon or any of the doctrine, they can't and they won't give you an answer. And then they make yeah. you feel like you're being a defiant, like, unrighteous person. By yeah, it's uncomfortable to ask yeah. it. Yeah. It's, like, highly troubling to me that they value um, just obedience and faith over knowledge truth and like intellectual honesty or just even honesty yeah. in general because no one can give you a straight answer and when you do ask people the answers they're very dodgy or they'll deflect or they'll tell you you shouldn't be asking those things or uh, they will uh -huh. just tell you to go read the book and I even like even as recently as this past year, because I'm really interested in this stuff and I have so many family members and friends who are Mormon. So sometimes I can't help myself and I'll ask people questions like, explain yeah. this to me. Like, I value your opinion. I think you're an intelligent person and I like you and we have a good relationship. So tell me about this, that you believe and that 
you think is real and they get so uncomfortable and so deflective and they won't give you a straight answer and I'm like if it's so true and so real why can't you just tell me or why don't you care to research this and know so it's very frustrating yeah yeah they get really defensive and I I know because I used to be that person too whenever uh people would ask me questions especially like ex-mormons if they would say like, but why did I, I would be like annoyed at them because I'm like, oh, they're just trying to get me to leave and they're being like, you know, like argumentative just for the sake of being argumentative. But in reality, now I'm on the other side and I'm like, no, I'm just like curious. Like I really wanted their yeah. opinion. But like you're like super defensive when you're on that side. Yeah. Because you don't know the actual answer. And in any situation, if you're, if you're being asked something about, um, a part of your life that's very personal and a huge chunk of your life. And if you can't answer it, it makes you question things. It makes you uncomfortable, which mm-hmm. is why you're defensive. It puts them out of their comfort like, zone. Yeah. 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 And if Be- you're not allowed to, to ask these questions and you're like, Oh fuck. Like, Oh yeah. Cause know. they're literally, there's the only way to, um, quote unquote, no, <laughs> or as I like to say, just believe these things is to just have faith in it, which yeah is you know faith is not a reliable way to know anything for a fact because you could have faith um you could have faith to know that the earth is flat and that's not real (laughs) like you you could have faith that like i don't know leprechauns are i don't know hanging out around you but so that's the thing is that their whole belief is really just based on faith even though they claim it's based on actual knowledge and truth so that's like the disconnect and that's probably why they feel so uncomfortable is because they can't give an honest answer besides mm-hmm. like oh I just feel it's true yeah and I've and been that so, person oh, so <laughs> yeah and a lot of Mormons they're not like unintelligent no people. Like, that's you know, the thing they're very intelligent they're very intelligent they're very kind well a lot of them Oops. some of them aren't <laughs> but yeah so it it surprises me that a lot of them can kind yeah. of compartmentalize this thing and sort of not examine it in the way that they examine everything else in their lives. Mm-hmm. But I did it, so I shouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, 100% me too. Actually, whenever I, I left, I remember one of my closest friends, she, she made that comment. She was like, yeah, I knew you would leave eventually. And I was so shocked because in my mind, I 100% was like, I will never leave. Like, it was not even a question for me. Like, I was like, nope. Like, I am a solid, righteous Mormon. So when she said that, I was, like, surprised. I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, because you're too intelligent. Like, you question things too much. And I knew eventually, like, you would just have to know these answers. And I was like, oh, yep. Just and I kind of like shook my universe, yeah, like because it's true. Like I do want to know these things, and like I always question them, but I just wasn't allowed to like research or ask these questions, so I kept pushing it down until eventually I was like, okay, I can't do it anymore. Like, yeah, I, I have to ask these questions. I need to know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the not knowing and 
all these weird things that don't make sense combined with like the oppressive lifestyle. I don't think that suits us very well. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. We're like, nope, get me out of here. (laughs) And that's the thing is that when I look back over, this is like off topic from the Book of Mormon, but when I look back over like the last year and a half of me leaving, or I would say, I would say officially when I lost my virginity is kind of when I like count when I left the church. Cause I think that's when I officially was like, okay, like this is happening. Mm-hmm. So that's been a, like a year and a, a two or three weeks or something like that. Um, like when I look back at that year, I'm like, well shit, like it was a really, really hard year for me. Like super difficult. And some people who are in the Mormon church look at that and think like, well, that's because she left. Like she had, those are her choices that she made. And because of that, she had this really rough year and blah, blah, blah. And I even like the last few weeks, I was like kind of like in a really like I'm doing the dark place quote. <laughs> um, and I was like really low. And I even questioned that for a second. Like, oh, my God, maybe it's because I left the Mormon church. Like maybe this is God's way of cursing me and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, luckily that thought, like I pushed that away pretty quickly, but it did appear. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of what we're taught. But then when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, it was like the most difficult year of my life, but also the most rewarding because I finally lived life. Like I finally like went through and experienced so many different things. Like I grew immensely as a person like this last year. I mean, comparing myself just from the year prior and like how much I've grown and like continue to grow and I'm like self-aware and I'm able to like, communicate but like, I mean it's just like crazy the difference and and how I was before to now and I'm not obviously I'm still not anywhere close to where I'd be like a functional <laughs> emotionally healthy person but just like thinking about how like you know 28 and a half years of my life was just like not dealing with emotions just kind of like going through the steps the routine like constantly looking towards the future of like oh well when I get married I'll be happy when I have mm. children in the church and raise them, I'll be happy instead of just like being like, oh, I'm happy now. Like, and I this life, really- yeah, this life is so worth living like right now. And that makes yeah. me so happy. Like, uh, I'm so happy that you're doing like so much better <laughs> after. I know how it feels. So like whenever anyone, I realize that maybe they're leaving or they've left the church, it makes me so happy because I just know like the happiness and the freedom that comes. I mean, there are parts that are really hard and that, you know, are difficult to get through, but after it's like the best thing ever. And your life is so much better and you can experience so much more and feel so much more and think so much more. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And it's so much more challenging. That's the other thing is like, yeah, of course I'm not like blocked from feelings. I'm not as numb as I was before. So like before I was really good at controlling situations and like not getting hurt as much and blah, blah, blah. And now like this last year, it feels like, you know, I've had like been running around naked in the forest and getting cuts and bruises and like I'm way more like susceptible to getting like hurt but I'm also like oh at least I'm feeling something at least I'm like experiencing something and I'm like learning from these adventures and like growing as a human being whereas before it was like you I mean of course not to say that like you don't go through shit as a Mormon because you obviously do but just like how you respond and how you react to those situations are totally different like you're Mm -hmm. not 
um, as like you're not in a box where you're only allowed to think and feel a certain way. Like you're able to just like, yeah, be be a human, yeah. <laughs> have natural responses and reactions, and yeah. go through those things. Yes, one hundred percent. I love it. It's great. And on that note, listeners, all I have to say, and I hope that you learn from this entire podcast is. Don't murmur. That's all. Hashtag no murmuring. No murmuring. (laughs) Or only murmur if it's really, really hot and you don't have air conditioning. Then you're like fucking sitting in front of a fan with your bad job. It's so hot. It's acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm allowed to murmur all day because that's literally what I've been doing because I just cannot handle this heat. Don't I would me. love to get a t-shirt that says something about murmuring. <laughs> we should make one. It's amazing. Oh God, I have like talented listeners who are like great at making t-shirts because that would be amazing. I feel like we need the one that has a picture of Emma Smith that says bless her heart. Oh. And then another one that has something with murmuring. Please. Yes. Because that's like my favorite word. Murmuring. <laughs> murmuring. Memory. I love it. It's so <laughs> Book of Mormon too. That's, you it hear is, that for sure. so often in the Book of Mormon. It's like, and they were murmuring, and because of that, God cursed them, and blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening. As always, we appreciate yes. you. We love you. We support you. Think you're great. Fabulous. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.